All right. Good morning, everyone. I'm so thankful that you are all here. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm the worship pastor here at Discover Community Church. And welcome to all those that are watching online, especially to those that are watching from Tanzania. We are so glad that you are watching. Um, I'd like to open up with just a short word of prayer. Father God, our hearts are full of gratitude. Our hearts are full of praise to you, Lord God, for all that you've done for us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your great mercy, your amazing grace. And I pray, pray right now, Father, that my words that I speak this morning are your words. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I'm wondering right now, how have we let God direct the paths in our lives? If you're older like me, do you, can you think of a defining moment in your life that you can look back in your life when you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that God was leading you to his voice, his voice was tugging on your heart and he was leading you how he wanted you to go. And you obeyed, you listened, you heard, and you followed his path. So think about that defining moment. If you're younger, maybe that defining moment hasn't happened in your life yet, or maybe it's about ready to happen. Um, but for me, my defining moment, I need to go way back in time to the year 1980. Yeah, that's a long, long time ago, 44 years ago. <laughs> and at that time, I was in college. I was a sophomore at, at Metro State College. It was my sophomore year. And... I eventually graduated from Metro and became a music teacher. And that was my career. I did that for 31 years. And I've been retired from that for almost five years now. Um, but at that time, I remember one day I walked over to the student center. And I remember walking down a hallway. There was nobody around. And I saw a bulletin board on the wall, and there were a lot of flyers on this bulletin board. But I saw a flyer that said, Campus Crusade for Christ. And at that moment, the Lord is speaking to me, I need to go to that. And I did, and uh, I met a couple of great guys there, Jim and Bob. And Jim and Bob, if you ever see this message, I just want to let you guys know that I love you. Um, they, uh, looking back in all this time, they are incredible friends and brothers in the Lord. And so we became friends. We had a, a common interest in music. We liked to all play guitar. And 
we uh, started hanging out together. We started going to church together, um, doing a lot of things together. And we decided we wanted to put a Christian band together. And at that same time, I met a lot of other people at that same time that had the same interest of, we all played different instruments, and we wanted to put a Christian band together. And so that happened. And uh, so for the next seven years, we were together on this Christian band. We played around uh, the, the Denver area. Um, sometimes we went a little bit farther away. Um, but I could probably write a book on all the things that happened to us. Um, but one thing the Lord has shown me, it wasn't so much about the music that we did. It was about everything else that happened to us. That's, that's how the Lord uh, grew us in the faith. And we became, uh, we grew up, we grew together stronger in our Christian faith. Um, it was a wonderful time in my life. So toward the, towards the end of this message, I'm going to share with everyone one story that happened to us. Um, so right now, I, if you have a Bible, I'd like you to open up your Bible. We always have Bibles in the back there in the basket if you need one. But our scripture this morning is going to be from the book of John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. So let's read that together right now. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So at that time in Israel, there were over 6,000 Pharisees. Um, there was a group called the Sanhedrin. They were like the ruling court at that time, and there were 71 members of the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus was one of those in the Sanhedrin. But out of over 6,000 Pharisees, Nicodemus was the only one who became a believer in Jesus in the four Gospels. The title of my message this morning is Step into the Moment God Has for You. When you hear His voice tugging at your heart, step into the moment God has for you. May I encourage you every day to seek out a private meeting with the Lord. 
that's what changed my heart. I started uh, spending time with the Lord, oh, probably around 10 years ago, wanting to do that every day, so I did that. And of course, since I've been retired, I've had a lot more time to do that. So now I spend all my mornings um, in the Word um, because I I just love spending time in the Word. And my wife Sue can tell you how much I've changed in all that time because of that. So stay in conversation with God every day. Everyone in the Bible who came to Jesus, he always helped them. He will do it for you too. So before I continue with this scripture, I want to go back a few verses to chapter 2 in the book of John and just read verses 23 through 25 because these verses really talk about what Jesus is looking for when he's looking at our hearts. It says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. If you're going to become, if, if you have that tugging in your heart, and if God is speaking to you that you want to, be, to know him, a change of heart is going to happen, of course. So I want to talk about that for a moment and uh, put a verse up on the screen here. It's in the book of Jeremiah, and it talks about the heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 11. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So that transformation that God does in us comes from above but we need a change of heart. We need to surrender to that, and God will do it. So I have three points that I'm going to talk about in this message. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. So point number one is admitting our poverty and surrendering to his plenty. What does it mean to be born again? I want to start by reading Um, What it says, the definition of born again, is in my study Bible, which is the MacArthur Study Bible. That's what I use. And here's what it says about being born again. The phrase literally means born from above. Jesus answered a question that Nicodemus does not even ask. He read Nicodemus' heart and came to the very core of his problem the need for spiritual transformation or regeneration that only comes through the Holy Spirit. New birth then, born again, is an act of God whereby we have eternal life and as we become believers. It's an act of God. God does this through the Holy Spirit. What we do is we believe 
we place our faith in Jesus. We surrender to him. We surrender all to him, a change of heart. Um, one, uh, okay, I wanted to read one other definition here of born again. It says it also carries the idea to become children of God through trust in his incarnate word. I think of the song Amazing Grace when we become believers because we have, this is our heart change. This is truly what we, we have in our hearts now. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. So I want to share a couple of verses um, that talk about being born again, how that changes us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we're all familiar with this verse. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So what does that mean? Because... After we become believers, after we become Christians, those old things in us don't want to go away very easily sometimes. We still sin. Well, that's where the Holy Spirit begins to work. It's called sanctification. And sanctification begins to happen through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We begin to hate sin. We don't want to sin. And hopefully sin happens less and less over time. We are now living for eternal things, not for just the temporary things here on earth. Another good verse is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And it reads, it's up here on the screen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'd encourage you to keep reading on in that passage. It's just a wonderful passage to study. So why does a person need to be born again? Jesus says you must be born again. Well, a couple, there's many, many verses on this, but I just uh, wanted to mention a couple that we're familiar with. Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, is one. Um, but there's many verses why we need to be born again. We are dead without him. How does the new birth come to be? So point number two, if you're taking notes, we become children of God when we are born again. A great verse that describes that is Romans chapter 8, verse 16. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of 1 John. Um, what a wonderful book. And the Apostle John, this, he writes this book when he's towards the end of his life. He's much, much older. And over and over in that book, 
He's calling the beloved, the believers, my little children. I just love that. My little children. So what does it mean to be born of water and spirit? I'm going to read three verses that explain that the water is a symbol of salvation. Water cleanses and refreshes us. There's, of course, there's many more verses, but these are the ones I thought were really good. The first one is in the book of Ezekiel. It's chapter 36 there. It's up on the screen, 25 through 26. I really like this one. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. A couple others I really like. Um, Ephesians 5.25, usually um, hear this when we're talking about marriage, but listen to what it says about the water. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her with the washing of water by the word. And then one more. This is talking about uh, when Jesus meets the woman at the well. John 4, verses 13 through 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never first thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Let's look now at John chapter 3, and let's look at verses 7 through 8. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. No one can see the wind, but we feel it. We only can know its effects. You can see the effect of the Holy Spirit in a person's life that's been born again, that's been changed. The Spirit of God truly changes people. So what is the evidence that the wind of God is blowing through your life right now? Point number three, which is the title of my message, let's step into the moment God has for us. I'm going to be repeating that a lot because that's, that's my, main, my main focus this morning is the change of heart and to let God change our hearts. I mentioned earlier I wanted to uh, share one story from, from those seven years, 1980 through 1987, of being in that Christian band. Um, it's so funny. I think I wrote this. I wrote this for, I think, a church a bulletin at that time. So I must have been like 21 or 22 when I wrote this. But I still have it. I can't believe I still have it. So it must have been for this reason. 
So let me, let me read this uh, story about one thing that happened during that time with our band. Looking back over the past two and a half years of being in the band Airborne, that was the name of our band, and Airborne is spelled H-E-I-R, born. There's a scripture we got it from in Romans. The Lord has taught me things that I never could have learned without experiencing them myself. The field of performing music has a lot of ups and downs, and believe me, we have had our share of both. I remember a couple of concerts where there were more people in the band than there were in the audience. Now, our band is a little bit bigger. We had, you know, the basic instruments, plus we had a couple horn players. We had seven people in our band, so yeah, there was a sometimes, and there were less than seven people at our concert. Um, this can be a very humbling experience. This is when my attitude could get really bad, and I would start asking God, why? After all the work we did, at least we could have some people to play for. God soon showed me where my heart was at. I was thinking about myself and not realizing that the Holy Spirit can work through us no matter how many people are in the audience. The greatest example that the Lord showed me of this was when the band went to Goodland, Kansas last summer to do a concert outside on the street. What a chance to witness, we thought. I remember setting everything up on the flatbed truck when the rain started, and it didn't stop until we left. We had to tear everything down in the rain and the lightning, and I began to wonder, why did this have to happen? We ended up playing a few songs the following Sunday morning at the church, but we never would have come this far just to do this. At the end of last summer, we were doing a concert for a retreat up in the mountains here. The preacher from that church was the guest speaker. He said that a woman came to know the Lord because of our ministry that Sunday morning. The only thing is, that woman died a few weeks later. When I heard this, I started crying, and it was at that time that I realized there was a reason to going to our band going to Goodland, Kansas. There are so many other stories like this that the Lord has used to teach me not to rely on my own understanding, but to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Well, I saved the best for last. And it's going to keep getting better. So let's go to Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 50 through 53. This is up on the screen. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision indeed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb 
that was hewn out of rock where no one had ever lain before. Now, if we could turn to John chapter 19, and I'm going to be reading verses 39 and 40. And Nicodemus, who first came to Jesus by night, also came. It doesn't really say in the Bible why Nicodemus came at night, but I think we kind of know he didn't want anybody to see him meeting with Jesus. To me, that's not what's important. What's important about Nicodemus' story and his coming to meet with Jesus is what it says. He came. He came to meet with Jesus. His heart was being stirred. His heart was being changed. He not just saw the signs that Jesus did and heard his words. He wanted to know him more. He wanted to spend time with him. And so here, along with Joseph of Arimathea, those are the two that took the body of Jesus down from the cross and buried him. Nicodemus has become a believer in Jesus. He's been born again. Step into the moment God has for you. Oh, by the way, there's one more story I need to tell you. I've already told you that my band, Airborne, was together from 1980 to 1987 for seven years. And I believe it was, well, I know it was, it was the year 1985. And I think it must have been in the spring of 1985. And I still remember the moment. um, We, in our band, we actually had two girls that played piano. The first girl, after a couple years, left the band. And then we got a new girl to play piano. Her name was Cindy. And so I remember we were in the church sanctuary uh, getting ready, I think, maybe for a rehearsal. Um, and she was playing a piano just like this one, a grand piano. And I was talking to her, and she was starting to tell me about a friend of hers who was like her best friend that she grew up with. And she lived across the street from her. And uh, she was wondering, so... Would you, do you want me to set you guys up for a blind date sometime? And uh, I, I thought about it a while, and it finally happened, though. I think it happened, yeah, it happened in the summer of 1985. And uh, that girl that I went on a blind date with in 1985 is sitting right there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, isn't isn't Sue uh, wonderful? (laughs) She's she's so wonderful. Step into the moment God has for you. My defining moment when I saw that flyer on the bulletin board that said Campus Crusade for Christ, and I went to that meeting. I met Jim and Bob. in a short time, I met other people, and our band was started. We spent seven years together. But if I never would have went to that meeting if I never was in that band. I never would have met Sue. 
So we, uh, believe, have some pictures. Sue and I went to Israel in 2019, and I wanted to show you a few pictures of our trip. You can see the back of Sue. Uh, there is the garden, the garden tomb that uh, we are both getting ready to go inside of. Um, you can see there's inside the garden tomb. I think we were in there for 20 to 30 seconds by ourselves. Yeah, you don't get a lot of time because there's a lot of people waiting to see it. But, um, so there we are together. Um, we're standing on a spot that we were told that Jesus walked, that he walked on that very spot. Um, so... I just have one final verse to read before I pray. This is Romans 8. It's up on the screen, 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Uh, Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, Lord, that all that believe in your name, Jesus, all that place our faith in you are are forgiven, Lord, of our sins. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins through your sacrifice, Lord Jesus. I pray that you help us, Lord, in our hearts to change continually day by day to spend time with you. And by spending time with you each day, you will change our hearts. That you will lead us down the path that you want us to be on. Help us to do that, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. We surrender to you now, Lord. Thank you for this time together, Lord. Um, thank you for this church, and we love you in your name, Jesus, amen. And by the way, if anybody would like me to pray with them, I'd love to pray with you anytime. Um, I'm available to always to pray with you. Um, we're going to have a communion now, and I thought, since I've never led communion before, I wanted to read directly from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the verses about communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So on the back, we have uh, juice and crackers. On each side, we will have uh, bread and wine. So we're going to continue in worship now, and uh, let's take communion together. I also just want to remind you, if you need healing prayer today, that right after service, right up front, we're going to have healing prayer. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, I appreciate all of you.